Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you can get podcasts. Something you probably do know. Progressive can not only offer you a great price when you bundle home and auto, they offer you round-the-clock protection. Something you probably don't know, the average oak tree branch can hold 70 pounds. Something you probably do know, your neighbor is building their kid a treehouse. Something you probably don't know, a falling treehouse would take out your whole fence. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. And welcome into Stack in the Box. I am at Verram alongside Josh Hill. And week nine of the NFL season, almost in the books. We're recording this on a Sunday evening during the Packers-Pats game. And of course, Tennessee and Dallas will play tomorrow night in the Lone Star State. But there are plenty of games to get to. Uh, and I, I think, first of all, we have to get into Saints and Rams. Saints hand the Rams their first loss of the year, so there are no undefeated teams left, which means somewhere Mercury Morris is popping open a bottle of Cristal <laughs> alongside some of his teammates from the 72 Dolphins. Um, the Rams gave what was a weird effort. They were down 35-14 in the first half. Looked as though they were going to get blown out. And then scored 21 unanswered points, tied the game, but couldn't finish the job. Lost 45-35. to the game had 970 yards of total offense between the two teams, 54 first downs. Michael Thomas, 211 yards and a touchdown. He torched Marcus Peters. But, Hill, I'll, I'll leave that uh, right there for you. Your takeaways from what was the most hyped game of the week and what turned out to be the best game of the weekend. Yeah, it's look, coming into the game, we knew that there was a lot more on the line for the Saints, and that was home field advantage. They need to have the road to Atlanta take a pit stop in, Atlanta, in New Orleans. And that seems like what's going to happen now unless they lose, unless something happens here. If things stay set, which, of course, we know they very much don't, might not, the road to the Super Bowl is going to stop in the Superdome. And that is dangerous because Drew Brees is undefeated at home in the playoffs, which is ridiculous. He's 5-0 and going back to his first year with the Saints. He's got over 1,500 yards passing in the Superdome, which we know that offense operates a lot better indoors than it does outdoors. He has 12 touchdowns and one interception in those playoff games. He's unbelievably good at home. And this team, I've been saying it for a while, and I said it last year, they can adjust on the fly better than any team in football. And that has been seen in games this season. Like last year it was fine because they bounced back from their 0-2 start and they win eight straight games go to the playoffs. They're one Marcus Williams snafu away from possibly getting to the Super Bowl last year. Now, this year, Drew Brees throws no touchdowns against the Giants. They still score 33 points and win. He throws for 120-ish yards against the Vikings on the road against the playoff team last week. The Saints still win by 10. This team is good, 
And Drew Brees, by his standards, is not having a good year. It's still a good year by anybody other anybody else's standards. But by Drew Brees' standards, he's having a mediocre year. And this team might be better than it was last year. And you and I both agreed that they were the best team in the NFC. And I think they proved today that they very much are in a class of their own. Yeah, listen, I have long felt that the Saints are the biggest threat to the Rams in the NFC. I still feel that way. Uh, I think that when you look at the NFC, the Saints and the Rams are on their own tier. And then Minnesota is a good team. I think that could be a threat in a playoff game to either one of those two teams. Philadelphia could maybe be there. The one team we got to give love to, Carolina, is is a threat to those teams. Carolina is a good team. Yeah. You know, I think at this point, look, we got to talk more about the Panthers than we have. We always say every week, what are they? But we'll get to the Panthers in a bit. With the same schedule moving forward here, play the Bengals on the road next week, come home, Philly, Atlanta. And by the way, the Bengals might be without A.J. Green for a while. Mm -hmm. So that, that game becomes a lot easier. Then after Philly and Atlanta at home, they get a game at Dallas on Thanksgiving. Excuse me, the week after Thanksgiving. It's a Thursday night game. Week after, they play the Falcons on Thanksgiving. And then they play the Bucks, the Panthers, the Steelers, and the Panthers again. So they get the Panthers two of the last three games, which is an interesting twist in the schedule. The schedule's not easy, but they're going to be favored in almost all of these games. They're going to be favored against the Bengals. They're going to be favored in all their home games. They'll be favored at Dallas. They'll be favored at Tampa. Maybe they're not favored at Carolina, which is a Monday night game. Yeah. You know. So my, my point is, look, the Rams might have to run the table to get home field advantage. Because now the Saints, they both have one loss, and the Saints have the tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. The Rams might have to go unbeaten the rest of the way, unless they think the Saints are going to lose twice. I don't know if the Saints are going to lose twice. And the Rams' schedule is not any easier. Like they, they play the, the uh, Seahawks and they play the Chiefs. Hurry into Mattress Firm's best Memorial Day sale ever. Get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin and save up to $500 on Sealy. Plus, get a free adjustable base with qualifying Sealy purchases up to a $4.99 value. Or shop Tempur-Pedic, the most highly recommended bed in America, and save up to $500 on adjustable mattress sets in stock for immediate delivery. And get a $300 instant gift. Talk to a sleep expert today. Only a Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details. You look down the road, they are at Chicago. They play Philly again. So, interesting race. But, you know, the thing I want to get into a little bit is I believe at this time of the year, when the weather starts to get a little bit colder, you start to see which teams are going to be the contenders for the Super Bowl, not just to make the playoffs, and which teams are, okay, they're good and they're here and they're fine, but eventually, come January, they're going to get weeded out. I think right now, and again, the Sunday night game is just going on as, as we're recording this. It's 17 all for, for whoever's curious. Um, I think there are four teams in the NFC, or excuse me, in the NFL, that are clearly the, the best four teams in the league. And that is, in any order you want to put them in, Los Angeles, New Orleans, New England, and Kansas City. Those four teams, to me, are the best teams. You could throw, listen, I know some people want to throw Pittsburgh in, don't want to throw the Chargers in. Some people might want to throw Minnesota in or Philly just out of respect. Those teams, to me, are not as good as those other four teams. I just, when I look at it, Kansas City is the best offense in football. The Saints have just a loaded group, as do the Rams, of course, as as does New England. And in the NFL in 2018, it's about offense. And we saw every two weeks, you know, there's 
Well, this team now has the best defense. First it was Jacksonville, then it was Baltimore. Those teams are both under 500. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Baltimore's four and five. They can't score a point. They, they scored nine points against Cleveland a month ago. They lost to the Steelers because they couldn't score today. They lost to the Saints because they only scored 23 points in the game at home. You're not winning in today's day and age with, that, with a good defense that doesn't come with a good offense. So uh, that's my takeaway from the week is that those four teams, to me, are the favorites to be a conference championship weekend. And I think after that, there's a significant drop-off. Yeah, and I'll, I'll say this about the Rams because we're talking about teams that are for real, that are contenders. And I'm not saying the Rams aren't. But my big takeaway from them, and you kind of touched on this after the Denver game, going into the 49ers game, and it's something that has been continuing. For the defense that was supposed to be the dream team that had Marcus Peters, that had Aqib Tlaib, that added Ndamukong Sue, they gave Aaron Donald all, Aaron Donald all this money. They allow 23 points to the Chargers, 31 points to the Vikings, 31 points to the Seahawks, 20 points to the Broncos, and then 27 to the Packers in a game they maybe should have lost. And now they give up 45 to the Saints in a game that they do lose. So at some point, you're right. A good defense needs a good offense. But we're seeing with the Rams, I think the offense is the engine. And at some point, like today, the defense is going to be maybe more of the problem than we think it's going to be. So that's something to pay attention to, at least for me, moving forward, is if they get into a game again like this in the the playoffs with the Vikings or the Saints, two teams that they got into shootouts with, I don't know if they can come out on the other end. They didn't this time. They did it with the Vikings, but who knows if this continues to be a problem. They're very lucky they didn't lose to the Packers as well. Mm-hmm. And look, this isn't to knock them. The Rams are obviously a very good team. I agree with every point you made. Okay, right now, you know who has the best point differential in football? It's not the Rams. It's Kansas City. And Kansas City has only given up 26 more points than the Rams. Everybody talks about how brutal the Chiefs' defense is, and believe me, it is. Okay? <laughs> the Rams' defense is almost as bad as Kansas City's. Mm-hmm. I mean... The schedules aren't even close in terms of who's played a harder schedule. The Chiefs have played Brady and Roethlisberger and Rivers. I mean, you mentioned some of the, the better teams, but the Rams have played the Cardinals, who they shut out. Mm-hmm. They played the Niners with C.J. Beathard. Right? Like, they've had some games where very low point totals are on the way for these, op- you know, these opposing teams. And so I look at the Rams and say, do I think they're really good yet? Do I think they're any better than Kansas City and New Orleans? No, I don't. And, I, and by the way, that's not a Johnny-come-lately thing. I felt that way before this game. Um, I might even have said it last week in the podcast. I think the Saints are a better team. I picked the Saints to beat them. Yep. Um, the Saints are a really good team. And this, there's been this assumption for what seems like all season that the Rams are just going to roll to a Super Bowl. And I, I don't see that. And I'll leave my comments at this, and we'll get into some of the games. If you have another comment, by all means, fire away. But like, here's the dirty secret with the Rams right now, and you touched on a lot of it. I just want to add a little bit. Tlaib's hurt. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. We know he's hurt. He'll be back later in the year. Marcus Peters is awful. Yeah. And I will eat crooks. I killed the Chiefs for trading. Killed them. Second and a fourth round pick in return. I thought it was ludicrous. I still, frankly, think they got too, too little for him. He has been awful. I, I mean, you watch these games, and he is comically bad. It's, it's, not even a, it's not even a situation where you say, well, he's inconsistent, he's up and down. He has been hideous. Like one of the worst cornerbacks in football. And today, he's in a premier matchup one-on-one with Michael Thomas. Now, Thomas, all 211 yards didn't come against Peters, but a lot of them did. Mm-hmm. The 72-yard touchdown pass did. And you just, look, if, if you're going to be Wade Phillips, 
and the way he normally wants to play. Like you got to play one on one, and they just can't do it. They have no ability to do it. When they play the Chiefs in a couple of weeks, the Chiefs are going to throw Peters the entire game, and, and God knows they're not worried about Nickel Roby Coleman and all the rest of those guys. <laughs> I mean, I just like at some point if you're the Rams, if you're going to go to the Super Bowl, if you're going to win the Super Bowl, you got to be able to stop somebody. And you know the same thing goes for the Chiefs and the Saints, but. The reason I'm harping on the Rams is they've been viewed as just just juggernaut of a team that nobody can beat. Well, I think we've seen the last couple weeks, like when they play good teams, they absolutely can be beat. And they will be beat if this defense isn't going to play any better. Yeah, I had, I I agree with you. And I'm really looking forward to the Chiefs game because it's kind of like what you said with the Patriots and the Chiefs earlier in the season. I don't think anybody punts. That's a game that might be seriously. That might be the, like might be the third time this season where we have a record high over because it wasn't the over pretty high for the Saints. It was fifty nine and a half for the Chiefs Pats, and I believe that was a record. Today it was sixty for the Rams Saints. The Rams Chiefs game should start at eighty, <laughs> and then just see how people bet it. I I seriously would put it at seventy. I know yeah. betting people probably say I'm nuts, but if you said to me, "It's your life. It's your life. You have to bet on it." Over or under, the mm-hmm. line is 70. I would take the over. Yeah. Those teams are insane. It was 50, there were 52 points combined in the Saints Rams game at halftime. I, all day. Give me a, to me, 70, that'd be more than fair. Um, okay. So let's get into week 10. And of course, like we always do, if you're new to the show, we'll go through all the games, we'll pick the games, we'll talk about the, you know, the, the matchup, the spread. We're going to spend a little more time on the good games than we do the bad games. We'll touch on them all. Uh, there are four teams on the bye this upcoming week. The Broncos, the Ravens, the Texans, the Vikings. God almighty, do the Broncos need that bye. Yeah. That, that game. Uh, by the way, for Hill and I, again, if you're new to this, you don't know. And if you are a listener every week, well, thank you. But you'll also get the inside joke here. Hill and I had a fever dream watching Vance Joseph and Bill O'Brien just match <laughs> wits. <laughs> That that was an all-timer in a lot of respects. Um, But Bill O'Brien, the winner, 6-3. And And so they are uh, well-positioned in the AFC That game deserved to end on a missed field goal. Like, Bill O'Brien deserved to win that game on accident. Literally on accident. McManus just missed the field goal. There's reports of a video circulating that, that... O'Brien was like mocking Joseph on his own sideline. That's what calling him a bunch of expletives, like because he went for a 62-yard field goal at the end of the first half, and it allowed Houston to get their own field goal. And he basically called him a dumb. Well, <laughs> you fill in the blank. But um, in any event, so okay, let's get to the Week 10 games. Enough about Denver and Houston. The Thursday night game, a really good game, a yeah. really interesting game. The Panthers are at the Steelers. The Steelers, of course, coming off their win over uh, Baltimore, where they really put themselves in a nice position in the AFC North. Carolina, 6-2. and two, They just keep winning. They're kind of like the Chargers of the NFC, right? Like, yeah. The Chargers are really good, but nobody really talks about them because the Chiefs are in that division, and nobody talks about the Panthers because the Saints are in that division. Well, the Panthers are damn good. Unfortunately, he'll beat your Bucks, uh 42-28. to 28. Yeah. And you look at it, they keep rolling. Now they go to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is a six-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Uh, thoughts on Carolina at Pittsburgh Thursday night? I'm starting to become a believer in Carolina. And it's not a, I'm not a firm believer. I'm still pretty agnostic when it comes to them. But they're, they're, they're doing something that they haven't done since we've been talking about them for the past couple of years, going all the way back to their 15-1 and Super Bowl year, which is they're showing consistency. 
when they were 15 and one, you could look at that at their schedule and say, oh, they were winning all these games. That's consistency. You didn't feel good about anything. They beat. They won in Philadelphia. They beat teams that they're supposed to beat like Tampa Bay and beat them bad and beat them convincingly. I'm starting to see some consistency that's been lacking for these previous years in Carolina. Cam Newton's playing good. Christian McCaffrey seems to be the right thing in that offense. Greg Olson seems to be getting healthy. Devin Funches is effective. Things are working in Carolina. Finally, the shoe has flipped here, so we're, we're not waiting for it to drop. We're saying... Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, we've got a firm hold on it. I think I understand what the Panthers are. I'm going to be a firm, full believer in them if they go into Pittsburgh and they win. I don't think that they're going to, though. Because yeah. it's, it, it's, it's the thing with the Steelers. You can't bet against them until they give you a reason to. They win against uh, Baltimore on Sunday. They need to keep piling up these wins. Give me, give me Pittsburgh in this game. But if it was in Carolina... I would maybe lean the other way, which says a lot about it says a lot about the Panthers that they can welcome the Steelers in and be kind of have the edge that way. Thursday's row is a weird game, but I'm with you. I'm going to take the Steelers. I think the Panthers will cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, Newton, 19 25, 247, two touchdowns, no picks against Tampa. Played a really good game, but Christian McCaffrey is really the guy I want to talk about. Nobody talks about him. McCaffrey is a really, really good player. Yeah. It's 79 yards and two touchdowns on the ground on 17 carries. He had five catches, 78 yards. McCaffrey is the engine of that offense, makes it go. Uh, he has been fantastic. They have Greg Olson back. He's rounded back into form. Like I think the Panthers are really good. Uh, their defense can play. My question with the Panthers always revolves around Newton. Is it good Newton or bad Newton? Because every week you just never know what you're getting. But it was good Newton this week. He played very well. They won. I'm taking the Steelers because they're very tough to beat at home. They're a different team in their home, specifically Big Ben. He's much different at home. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I think the Panthers can win the game. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. Oh, it, yeah. This would not be some kind of stunning upset here. I think they absolutely could win. Roethlisberger was hideous in Baltimore. He threw 47 passes and only completed two, for 270 yards. It's 5.7 in a 10. Ultimately, I, I look at Pittsburgh and I say, they're, they're a good team. I have questions about them. But all in all, they, they handle business. They won the game against Baltimore. Baltimore is on life support now. Give me Pittsburgh in a tight game uh, to take care of Carolina. I will say this about Pittsburgh. I'm about 75% sure Ben Roethlisberger at least fractured something in his shoulder today when he went down. He played dead a lot longer than, and he sold it really well. But he took a hit, and you were saying it when we were watching it in the office, that looked a lot like when Aaron Rodgers broke his clavicle last year. Turns out Roethlisberger comes back because he's not human. But what the Panthers were doing against the Buccaneers, granted, different offensive line, they were blitzing the lights out of Ryan Fitzpatrick. He had no time to think, no time to breathe. If they can get that kind of pressure on Roethlisberger, and if he's banged up, like you said, Thursdays are weird, it's a short turnaround, maybe that shoulder's not going to be as healthy if he had the extra couple of days of rest. I think this is a huge game for the Panthers. I, I'm, I'm really back and forth on it. I think this is, we've said this in weeks before, I think I'm going to flip on this a couple of times in the week. But that, to me, is something to pay attention to. That Panthers defense is starting to get really good 
at a really good time in the season. Uh, all, all good points. I like the Panthers a lot. Uh, that secondary, if that can come together a little bit, they're all right. Okay, Sunday slate. Uh, staying with a couple NFC teams here. Lions at Bears. Uh, Bears are six-point favorite in the game. I'll, I'll be straight to the point here. Um, I'm going to pick the Bears to win. I'm going to pick the Lions to cover the spread. I, I'm just going to say it. I don't think Mitchell Trubisky is good. Like, no. I feel like this year I've kind of been making like these mini declarations here as the year has gone on. Uh, he, he's just he's just not that good. You know, I said it on our Sunday show that I didn't think Marcus Mariota was any good, and he's not. Um, Trubisky went twelve of twenty for a buck thirty-five with a touchdown to pick against the Bills. And I get it. They didn't have to throw the ball downfield. They, they, you know, Peterman is Peterman. He's terrible. So I understand that. But Trubisky makes no plays. Like if the, if the Bears ever get into a game where he has to throw the ball, as he did earlier this year against New England, it's just it's it's completely over. He has no ability to do it. Uh, I think the Bears win because I think the Lions are cooked. When they traded Golden Tate, that was basically the white flag just up over the uh, castle. So I think the Bears win, but I think it's an ugly game, and I, I don't believe in the Bears long term because I just don't believe Trubisky at this point. I mean, Nagy turns him around, but right now I just have no no reason to think Trubisky's good. Yeah, I, I'm with you on Trubisky. I'm gonna go with the Bears on this one just because I'm so out on the Lions. They yep. that was a pitiful showing against the Vikings today, which granted is a playoff team, but if you as the Lions want to be taken seriously as a contender, which it appears they don't really want to be because they straight a Golden Tate, like whatever. Patricia, the Patriot way, they weren't going to re-sign him, so they got what they could, whatever. That was a white flag moment, trading your best wide receiver. And it showed because they scored nine points on Sunday. So, look, give me the Bears. I don't feel incredibly good about it because a lot of the reasons what you said, Trubisky just doesn't do it for me. I, you know, we were talking about in the office, is he more of Mark Sanchez or is he more of an Andy Dalton light? Like, what is he? He's not... Mahomes, he's not Watson. He's not these guys who were in his class with him. He is very, very much below those guys. And I just, I really don't see anything that makes me feel any sort of confident. The defense for the Bears is probably what's going to do it. But this ultimately could come down to Trubisky versus Stafford. And if it comes down to that, give me Stafford all day long. Yeah, I mean, that's, look, I just, I know Bears fans, you hear a lot of like, well, you know, if Trubisky can manage the game, man, it's 2018. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me tell you something. I, you know how many years of managed the game I lived through in Kansas City with Alex Smith? Alex Smith is better than Mitchell Trubisky is. And you know what? All that managed the game stuff is crap. Because when you have to play a really good team in December, in January, you can't manage the game to a win. You have to be able to throw the ball get chunk yardage, and make big third-down conversions. And Trubisky's not doing any of that. So oh, I think they'll win some regular season games. I just don't buy the Bears as a viable contender-type team in the NFC. Moving on to an interconference game, the Saints are at the Bengals. The Saints are four-and-a-half-point favorites. Cincinnati coming off the bye, and of course we talked plenty about the Saints earlier. Um, the Bengals might be without A.J. Green for a while. Reports have it that he's in a boot that he's getting looked at. He might have to have surgery. He could be missing some time, maybe in the weeks, maybe even a month. Uh, so we'll see, but it doesn't sound promising that he's going to play. Bengals are very banged up as it is, and of course the Saints come off this big win over the Rams. So, Hill, Saints, four and a half over the Bengals. What do you think? 
I think four and a half is generous. <laughs> it should be a lot more than that. If the Saints are as for real as we think they are, and it certainly seems that they're that way after what we saw with the Rams game, this is going to be a game that the Saints win easily. I don't think that there's, it's going to be a high-scoring game, maybe, because we've seen them struggle in games like the Browns game, where they should blow out a defense and they don't. But the Saints are hot. The Saints are rolling. I don't care if it's on the road. Give me Drew Brees against Andy Dalton and Marvin Lewis dead behind the eyes every single Sunday that they play. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I don't must add that. Marvin Lewis always looks like he just found out that his whole family is uh, being detained by the IRS. He looks horrified every time they show him. I am taking the Saints, no question here. I think they're the best team, maybe in football, certainly in this game. I just don't buy the Bengals. Whenever they play a good team, they, they just crap the bed yep. every single time. You know, they play Pittsburgh at home, they lost. They went to Kansas City on a Sunday night. All you hear, all you know, Bengals got to bounce back, make a statement. They made a statement, all right. Lost 45 to 10. Like, I just, every time the Bengals play somebody who's a good team, they get waxed. Give me New Orleans, no question about it. Another game in a conference, Falcons at Browns. Falcons open as a three and a half point uh, favorite. The Falcons are the better team here. Uh, Cleveland lost again to Kansas City, 37-21 at home. the Browns finally had a little bit of a pulse offensively. They scored three touchdowns. The problem was Greg Williams just kept going for two. Uh, and, well, the bigger problem was their defense gave up 37 points and the Chiefs racked up almost 600 yards of offense. The bad news for the Browns is the Falcons are also really good offensively. So this isn't going to be a team that comes in that can't score and it's kind of a mucked-up, low-scoring game. I don't see how the Falcons don't win the game. Look, they, they crushed Washington. Give them credit. Uh, they went into the nation's capital and, and took care of business in a major way, 138-14. to 14. Matt Ryan, 350 yards, four touchdowns. He ran for 154 yards. I think the Falcons continued to climb back into the NFC playoff picture. It's a very dangerous team, and I think they beat Cleveland going away. Yeah, right now Atlanta is the first team on the outside of the NFC playoff bubble. That loss to the Redskins is actually going to really hurt them in the long run because right now Atlanta's four and four, or the, beating the Redskins, I should say, is going to help them out in the long run, hurt Washington possibly because now you've got Atlanta's four and four, Washington's five and three. That game could end up becoming down to something, and it only comes down to something if Atlanta wins games like this. I don't think they're going to go very far because the defense is a disaster. It's a mess. I'm not sure what Cleveland is. I think that they've kind of given up here. It's going to be a hard reset with the coaching staff after the season. How do these guys continue to play through this? My fear is that you finally have a young team in Cleveland with guys that look like they maybe want to be that generation of a team to turn the Browns around. And you subject them to the same crap that you subjected all these other iterations of the team to. Does it break them? What happens with Baker Mayfield? What happens with Miles Garrett? Some of these guys. Denzel Ward is, by all intents and purposes, a rookie of the year defensively. He might be hurt. What happens with him? I just I feel so bad for the Browns. I think that the Falcons are going to win, but I'm going to take this time. It seems annually, right about around this time last year, we were saying this. I feel so bad for Browns fans that they have to watch this crap year after year. Finally, Hugh Jackson's out. It's John Dorsey's team. He's grabbed the bull by the horns. We'll see if he can fix it. But I'm sorry that you have to watch this, Browns fans. And avert your eyes on Sunday because Matt Ryan, he's going to do unspeakable things to that team. Well, speaking of uh, unspeakable things, uh, the Titans are hosting New England next week. (laughs) 
and the Pats are favored by six in the opening line. I have the feeling that's going to rise here in the next couple of hours. We are, again, recording this during the night game, although at this point the game's no longer a doubt. No one is going to win. Uh, when we get to the Packers, boy, I have lots of thoughts about the Packers. Uh, I'll be short and sweeter. I think the Pats are going to win this game. I think they're going to cover. Tennessee just can't score. Mm-hmm. You're not beating New England if you can't score. And Tennessee, look, I respect them defensively. They're not bad defensively. And Vrabel, God knows, will have them fired up for this game and all the rest of the you – know, but it's a short week for Tennessee coming mm-hmm. off the Monday night game. I think Tennessee's going to lose the Monday night game, so I think they're going to be 3-5. and five, And I just don't see any way that the Titans win this game. No, I don't see any way that the Titans win this one either. Patriots – and, again, if I'm on an apology tour here apologizing to Browns fans, I apologize to Titans fans for getting you excited about Matt LaFleur. My bad. What you did there was unspeakable. <laughs> you, had, you had Matt LaFleur as the next uh, Tom Landry. I mean, it's not worked out to this point. <laughs> Look, we'll move on from that game. To a better game. <laughs> yeah, well, well, we'll see. Um, Jags at Colts. Uh, Colts are favored Whoa. by three. And the Colts here are three and five. They are trying to get back into the mix in the AFC South. Although Houston seems to have kind of taken that division and run with it. Jacksonville's three and five. They've lost four in a row. I don't want to have to pick this game. <laughs> I'm going to take the Colts. They're at home. I'm going to take them to cover. Although I, I could see a push, but and the Jags are just terrible. Like the Jags have no ability to score a point, and that and you know you mentioned this. I don't want to give you credit. Because at the beginning of the year when they started to kind of slide a little bit, you said, you know, it's like Denver last year when that offense went bad and things started to go south, and the defense just basically like f this. We're never going to win a game because our our offense is pitiful, and you started to see the defense slip, and that was just a complete end of it. I mean, the bottom fell out. Denver couldn't win a game after that. I think that's kind of what we're on the precipice of. The Colts win this game. Jacksonville's three and six. They're clearly not making the playoffs. Like that's that might be where guys like Jalen Ramsey are just like, you know what, man, I don't need this, and they go five and eleven. I think the Colts find a way to get it done at home. I'm t- I'm taking the Colts to win this one too, and I'm, apparently I'm a the Jaguars whisperer because I saw the defense coming last year and I saw the implosion coming as well, which is unfortunate. But push needs to come to shove. Okay. We've lived in a world here where everybody's kind of put the kitty gloves on with Blake Bortles and, oh, this is cute. He had a nice game against the Patriots. Oh, look at what he did in the playoffs last year. He got a contract extension because he was a less bad version of his already terrible self. He got paid because everybody in the Jaguars organization was shocked he didn't screw up the playoff run. They didn't lose because of Blake Bortles. They didn't win because of him either, but they didn't lose because of him. And he got paid. Because of that, if you're an NFL franchise, if you're a franchise quarterback, you don't want to be getting paid because you're because you don't make mistakes. You want to be paid because you're good. You're Aaron Rodgers. You're Tom Brady. You're Patrick Mahomes. And that, that I, if I'm a Jaguars fan, I'm incensed right now. The report that came out on Sunday that they could have traded Dante Fowler for Teddy Bridgewater straight. I don't know if it was a straight up deal, but it, that would have been the deal. Bridgewater comes to Jacksonville. That deal didn't happen. Oh, good Lord almighty. I don't think Marone gets fired at the end of the year. I think he's a good head coach. If anything, he, he might quit because he did that He did that once before. Um, I think he's a good head coach. But I think, just like how I, I firmly believe Jameis Winston needs to play in Tampa so that everybody can see he's trash and the era needs to end, Blake Bortles needs to play the rest of the season. 
They need to miss the playoffs. They need to finish in last place in the AFC South, go from what they had last year to the absolute opposite of that for people to say, Blake Bortles needs to go. Okay, this championship window is not going to be open. So as you graduate and head out into the world, there's only one thing that you need to know. Hi, this is Jamie from Progressive. Yeah, I can talk now. Progressive protects you 24-7. So tell me what happened. Oh, I'm sorry, Gene. Can you give me one second? Um, brush that for every meal. Congratulations and thank you. Sorry about that. I'm back. So tell me about this fender bender. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Covered subject to policy terms. ...for a long time, and you don't want Blake Bortles to be the reason you can't fit through it. So, for the greater good of the Jaguars' future, I'm taking the Colts, and I'm going to be picking against the Jaguars because they need to get rid of him quick. I think you're going to get uh, all those things happening. I'm pretty, pretty confident in that. Uh, Jacksonville is circling the drain as yeah. we speak. Uh, speaking of circling the drain... Bills and Jets. <laughs> Just rattling off yeah, we're the going, we're games. Going right through them. We're going right through them. Bills and Jets. Jets are an eight-point favorite, which is just mind-blowing that the Jets are an eight-point favorite. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to say Jets are going to win because the Bills are just abominable. I don't know how you could be worse. But here, here's the problem. Sam Darnold, 21-39, 229 yards against the uh, – Dolphins, which on the surface, that's not that great of a game. No touchdowns, that's not that great of a game. Four picks. Yikes. He has been awful since week one when they beat Detroit. Awful. Uh, look, I will say up front, I, he was my favorite player coming out of the draft at the quarterback position. And I still think he can be a good player. But he is having a rough, rough go of it as a rookie. Now, I, I get it. The Jets, I mean... Chris Herndon led them in receiving yards today. Okay, I understand it. Like, they're just not that talented around the guy. But at some point here, uh, 11 touchdowns and 14 picks, it's not great. It's not what you're looking for. I mean, he at some juncture here has got to play better than that. And so I think the Jets win because I just think the Bills are just so inept, especially if it's a Nathan Peterman show again. I just don't know how they win. Uh, so give me the Jets. I just think the Bills are going to cover. I, I think this game might be like 10-3 because the Bills do have a good defense. Yeah. So give me the Jets. Give me Buffalo to cover. But, oh, my God, anybody who watches a second of this game needs to be committed. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that is, that is oof, that's a rough game. Yeah, prayers up, Bills Mafia. Um, give me uh, – I want to bet in the Jets' future here because this is the conversation it seems to be about Sam Darnold, which is when he threw that pick six on his very first play of his career, people were like, oh, it can't get any worse than this, and then he had a good game. Turns out it can get a lot worse than that. The Jets are going to have something like $109 million in cap space this offseason. Get him weapons. Get him weapons on offense. Build around him. Okay, This is a project that needs to be completed quicker than people think. Darnold isn't a bad quarterback. I think he's just having a rough rookie season. He's not going to be the first quarterback to have a rough rookie year bounce back. Look at Jared Goff, okay? Terrible his rookie year. Now he's perfectly fine. Carson Wentz, same thing. A little rough his rookie year. If he doesn't get hurt last year, he very well could be the Super Bowl MVP. So I'm not going to go out on Darnold after his first year, but use that $109 million in cap space to build around him. Short term, yeah. Give me, give me, give me the Jets in this one. 
This is gross. Yeah, I don't, I don't talk about this anymore. <laughs> All right, let's move on. I got two more early games, uh, both involving our, our favorite teams here. Uh, the Redskins at the Buccaneers. To pick them, uh, Vegas doesn't know what to do with it. I don't know what to do with it. So I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna cede the floor to you. Hopefully, you know what to do with it. Uh, I don't know what to do with this. Uh, I'm gonna take the Bucks, but it's because of a de- it's, it. I just don't want to pick against them. In my heart, I'm picking the Bucks. If I had to put money down, I'm taking the Redskins. Washington's a playoff team. If they want to be taken seriously as a contender, they need to win this game. Because the, the NFC East is still the Eagles' division to win or to lose. Because they have those two games against them. They can kind of control things. Washington needs to pile up wins against teams like Tampa, who are terrible, who are, who are just not going anywhere. And if there's a game Alex Smith is going to explode and surprisingly throw for over 300 yards and three touchdowns, it's going to be against that Bucks secondary. If Alex Smith lights up the Bucks, everybody's getting fired. Not because Alex Smith is bad, but because Alex Smith habitually throws for under 200 yards and somehow finds a way to win. This is the type of game where he just lights it up, or Adrian Peterson goes nuts like he did last year with Arizona. He had that really good bounce-back game against the Buccaneers. Give me the Bucks in my heart, but give me the Redskins on paper because there's just nothing to like in Tampa. Um, I'll, I'll take your word for it. I, I've watched the Bucks quite a bit this year. I've watched Washington. I, I just don't know what to make of Washington. They're such a weird team. Um, but I'll take Washington because I don't think the Skins will turn the ball over. I think the Bucks will. Um, that's pretty much it. I know Alex Smith is probably not going to throw picks. Fitzy might. And so I'll take, I'll take Washington. Uh, plus I think the Redskins, look, they're fighting for a playoff spot. They know that they have to win. Yeah. So... You know, I think that's a factors in the NFL. All right, last early game before we get to uh, the three late window games and a couple of primetime games, well, the Monday night game. I won't spoil it for you fine folks, but my <laughs> God, we will not spend a lot of time on that. Um, all right, last 1 o'clock game of the day that we have not touched on yet. The Cardinals are at the Chiefs. This is the biggest line of the week by a full touchdown. The Chiefs are favored by 17 points at home. Uh, I believe it's the biggest line we've seen since the Vikings are favored over the Bills by that much. Of course, we know how that turned out. I'll be succinct with this. Uh, I live in constant fear as someone who's a Kansas City fan, and I think that they will lose every game they play. I'm convinced by Sunday at noon Central Time that they are going to find a way to somehow blow the game. Uh, This would be one of the few times in my life, I can honestly say, I just have zero fear of that. I don't know how the Cardinals win this game. I think the Chiefs can play the worst game they play all year. They can turn it over. They can take penalties. I don't think it matters. The Chiefs are going to score 30-plus points, and this game's an arrowhead. Yep. I just, you know, if the game's in Arizona, maybe it's one of those trap things where the Chiefs sleepwalk in there, they just don't play well, and it's 20-20 to in the fourth quarter. This has all the earmarks of a game that is 38-3, like halfway through the third quarter. The Cardinals just can't score. They can't move the ball. They're not well coached. Uh, listen, I think the Chiefs defense is bad enough. The Cardinals will score a few touchdowns. Maybe they'll score 17 points. I think the Chiefs score 44 points. I, just give me the Chiefs in what should be a route by halftime. Yeah, this is going to be a massive stat-padding game for Mahomes, for Tyree Kill, for Kareem Hunt. It's going to be a bloodbath. I don't have anything else really to add to what you said. I don't think it's going to be a trap game. I think maybe I agree with you if they were going to go out to the West Coast and there's some weird time difference there or whatever, the traveling. But, no, give me give me the Chiefs and give me the Chiefs with an incredible margin here. I think 17 is pretty fair. Yeah, I do too. Look, you know, 
this season has been such a tour de force for Kansas City's offense. I, I won't go into it real long. Everybody knows how good they've been offensively. But I just want to say, you know, through nine games, Mahomes is thrown, has thrown for 2,901 yards with 29 touchdowns. That is almost impossible. He's leading the league in yardage and in touchdown passes. The touchdown passes aren't even close. There's nobody within five of him. It's His yards per attempt is 9.2. The average in the league is about 7.5. He's been, he's been going for more than 322 yards a game. And then you look at the rest of the team, okay, and you say, well, maybe you know it's Mahomes, okay, we know he's great. Well, Kareem Hunt is averaging four and a half yards in a carry. He's got 683 rushing yards. He's well on pace to go over 1,000 yards rushing. Then you look at them receiving, okay, and you've got Travis Kelsey, who's sitting at 741 yards. Tyree Hill sitting at 774 yards. So both of those guys are easily going to go over 1,000 yards unless one of them gets hurt. Sammy Watkins, who everybody doesn't even talk about because he's the fourth weapon on this team, has 515 receiving yards, and he missed a game. Like he, he has a real shot to go over 1,000 yards. Don't forget, they have the Cardinals and the Raiders twice. Mm-hmm. They're going to put up – the reason I bring all this up is not just because I'm a Chief fan. The reason I bring it up is I don't think people understand, like, since 1980, there have been two teams – that have had an 1,000-yard rusher, and 1,000-yard receiver, and a 1,000-yard tight end all on the same team at the same time. The 81 Chargers with uh, Muncie, Winslow, and Joyner, and last year's Chiefs. The Chiefs are going to do it again, and they might add a second receiver that goes for 1,000 yards. <laughs> like, it, it's, yep. And if he doesn't get to 1,000 yards, we can get 900. It's unbelievable. I mean, they are just so prolific. Uh, look, that's why every time it gets brought up, and I know it got brought up on Sunday Night Football, Rodney Harrison, the Chargers are better than the Chiefs. Look, nope. the Chargers are more balanced. But balance is all fine and good. You got to stop them. And if you can't stop them, you can just balance as you want, you're not going to win. So uh, I'll leave it at that. But just, you know, since the game was such a lackluster uh, matchup here at the Cardinals, I figured I'd give a little bit of context to what we're looking for down the road. Uh, four o'clock games. Okay. Dolphins and Packers. And I'll uh, give you the floor, Hill. The Green Bay Packers at home, seven and a half point favorite over Miami, which comes off of uh, an ugly 13 6 win. Only touchdown of that game over the Jets was a pick six. Uh, but the Packers laying more than a touchdown, uh, would you take that bet? I'm so out on the Packers. I know that it's the Dolphins, I don't think they're, they're going to lose. Because it's in Lambeau. But holy cow, are the Packers bad. We saw, I mean, the Sunday night game, we all saw what happened there. You score 17 points. What the heck is going on if you're Mike McCarthy? And if you're Aaron Rodgers, how are you able to look anybody in that locker room in the eye? Like, we were talking about this before the show. The tragedy of Aaron Rodgers needs to be talked about more. And it's not because he's got, he's really rough around the edges. He's kind of, you know, he's not a nice guy. He's not a guy people like to root for little mean, but whatever. The The fact that he's probably going to end his career having only played in one Super Bowl is criminal. And we said it last year, we've said it in years before, I think it's very serious now that we have to be talking about Mike McCarthy's job. Mike McCarthy should not be the head coach of this team. You need a play caller in there who's going to build an offense around Aaron Rodgers. Like you just talked about Patrick Mahomes, and not to take anything away from him, 
but I was thinking about this today. If he were to break the touchdown record this year, I wouldn't be upset about it, but I wouldn't be like, oh, this is huge. This is great outside of he's done it so early on in his career. But I think that that would highlight better than anything else in the past five years that this is an unprecedented era for the passer. This is a great time to be a quarterback. Like Ryan Fitzpatrick, for God's sake, is out there making plays. So, of course, a guy like Patrick Mahomes, who is ultra-talented, is going to take full advantage of that. The fact that the greatest quarterback, arguably the greatest quarterback of this generation, Aaron Rodgers, isn't able to take advantage of the passing era, this boom in passing, because of his play calling, because of Mike McCarthy, because of what they're doing in Green Bay, is criminal. That, as, as a football fan, you say this a lot, you hate bad football. This is offensive. It's offensive, and the Packers are a missed Daniel Carlson field goal and a first down from the 49ers away from being, what, 2-6 and six right now? Yeah. And that oh, my God. That includes the Bears blowing a 20 yeah. lead. Oh, that's, so, yeah, yeah, that too. That too. I wow. Mean, the Packers, have, the only other game that they won was the Bills mm-hmm. in the Lambo. No, listen, I'm going to go score start here for a second in a way that will <laughs> allow me to keep my job, but also that hopefully is entertaining and accurate. I am so unbelievably done with their crap, with the way they call plays. Yep. They play games. They they call these games like they have like Alex Smith or Dak Prescott playing quarterback. I don't understand anything they do from an offensive standpoint. It is the most sheltered, scared way to play football on the face of the earth. Go look at the Packers on their film. Go watch the Panthers. Go, excuse me, go watch when they play the Pats. Go watch when they play the Bills. Go watch when they play the Bears. Vikings, doesn't matter. Pick the tape. Put it on. They play in like these five-yard chunk increment. All I ever hear about from Packer fans, and I have a lot of friends who are Packers fans, so I hear about them a lot, is that Devontae Adams is this great player, and they have all this talent. Well, they sure as hell don't act like it. Every pass to Adams is a five-yard bubble screen that they hope he breaks eight tackles on the way to a first down. They've got all these guys at receiver. I can't even pronounce their names. Valdez Spaulding and St. Brown and all the. I mean, it's, it sounds like like you know how in NCAA football on, on Xbox, it, you're not allowed. Like they don't have the rights of the players, mm-hmm. so they just come up with all these ridiculous names. That's the Packers' entire offense. Yeah, like I don't understand what the hell is going on out there. And I'll tell you right now, if I am the quarterback, if I am Aaron Rodgers. And Mike McCarthy, when they are down 31-17 with five minutes left, calls a draw-in. I'm just like, that's nice. You can bench me. I'm not right. What is McCarthy going to do? If Rodgers went to the sidelines, like, screw you, Mike. I'm not running your plays. What's he going to do? Put Kaiser in? <laughs> I mean, like, what is he going to do? He has no leverage. If I was Aaron Rodgers. I'd be like, I'm doing this. I don't care. We're throwing the ball down the field. You have so much tape on New England this year. You know they can't defend and spread. And the Packers... Ah, let's run power. There was one play in the game. I swear to God I'm not making this up. It was down near the goal line. And, and of course, it, it failed. They had four tight ends on the field. Most teams don't have four tight ends on a roster. Like, what, was McCarthy just waiting for that moment? Like, oh, you know, I, I know we're shorthanded everywhere else on the roster, but F it. We're going we're gonna to run 14 personnel out there and just jam far. And, of course, they lost like three yards in the play. I cannot stand watching that team play football. It is such a waste of talent in terms of Rodgers. It is such a ridiculous, mind-numbing way to attack another team. If you're a team playing the Green Bay... Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. 
And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Your only fear is that Rodgers is going to beat you over the top. That is it. You are so terrified of him. And my theory on everything in life is whatever your opponent doesn't want you to do, that's what you should do. Over and over and over and over until they stop it. And McCarthy, it's like, what do they not want us to do? They don't want us to throw deep. All right, we'll throw ball screens. That all said, I'm going to take them to beat the Dolphins because the Dolphins are the Dolphins. But I don't think the Packers are any good. Mm-mm. I don't think the Packers are going to the playoffs. And in 2018, with the way the rules are, to not make the playoffs with that guy playing quarterback, you're a friggin' disaster. You get the Lions in your division have won one playoff game since 1957. You get the Bears, Trubisky struggles to throw for 150 yards in a game. And you get the Vikings, who are a very good team. I think a talented team, but my God, they're 5-3-1. And, one, and you, you can't do anything in the division. I, I am just so beyond done with McCarthy. It's mm-hmm. If they don't, I'll tell you right now, if John Harbaugh gets fired in Baltimore tomorrow, the Packers should just immediately hold a press conference and fire McCarthy and just hire Harbaugh. Yep. It's just, it's beyond me how they continue to do this every single year with this guy. But I, that, I'm done. That's, that's all I have. Actually, that's a lie. I probably could go on for half an hour. I'll cut it short <laughs> yeah. because we're, we're, we're editing for time here. Uh, all right. Moving on, uh, Seahawks at Rams. The Seahawks lost a very tight game. Although, you know what? Let me rephrase they lost at the end against the Chargers. They were down 25-10 to 10 with two minutes left. Scored, got down there, got to the one-yard line, and then dropped a potentially game-tying touchdown pass. They needed a two-point conversion, but didn't work out for them. They lose. They fall to 4-4. Four and four. They go to the Rams. The Rams are nine-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, and I'll just be succinct with this. The Rams just lost to the Saints, almost lost to the Packers. I'm guessing the Rams come out pretty pissed off in this game. And I'm thinking that Seattle's just not going to have a whole lot of answers. So give me the Rams. I think Seattle covers. I think backdoor cover. But give me the Rams to win this game and get the 9-1. I just do not think this is the week to be playing in Los Angeles. Yeah. I, people are going to point to the Rams in the Seahawks last time around, which was 33-31. It was in Seattle, though. So that's a major yep. factor there. Seattle, even when the Seahawks aren't a good, hard place to play, give me the Rams in this one as well. The, 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 the end of the Seahawks game... It was great that it happened against the Chargers because they did exactly what the Chargers did week one against the Chiefs. Now, I don't think that the Chargers would have won, but they were down a couple of scores, and if they would have moved a little quicker, they might have been able to take advantage of a Chiefs defense, which at the time was not very good. I mean, it's not much better now, but it wasn't good at the time. But if they they were just standing around. They were letting 20 seconds run off the clock. They were... We were watching the game here. It was the slowest hurry-up offense I have ever seen a team run. They would run up to the line and then stand there until the play clock got down to 16, down to 12. Then they'd snap it. I don't understand what that play calling was. And that was that came after on the Sunday show, the Facebook show, we were praising Pete Carroll for putting the Seahawks in this position, which I still give him credit for. But my God, it is either extremely good with the Seahawks or it is laughably bad. And like you said, coming off of a loss against the Saints and now knowing that they have to keep up with New Orleans that they need wins, that they need to now wait for the Saints to stumble, the Rams absolutely win this game. I don't care if it was 33-31 last time around. It's time for Sean McVay 
to really whip these guys into shape. It's the final stretch of the season. It's week 10. Let's go. You win this game. Give me the Rams. Yeah, I, I well said. I have nothing to add. Sunday night game, Dallas at Philly. Philly's favored by six. Uh, Dallas plays on Monday night, obviously, against Tennessee in Dallas, so we don't know what's going to happen there. Um, <laughs> look, I think Philadelphia wins. Yeah. Philadelphia's just a better team, and they have to win. They're four and four. Uh, who knows, by the way, maybe the Bucks beat the Redskins and the Eagles are fighting for a share of first place. Yeah. Uh, I still think the Eagles are the best team in that division. I still think the NFC East goes through Philly. And look, I think the Cowboys have a good defense. The problem with the Cowboys is can't score, and the coach is just, just not good. Um, it's a nice way I can put it. So give me Philadelphia. I think they'll cover as well. I just think Philly in that spot. If that game was in Dallas, maybe – Maybe I see Dallas, you know, pulling a little bit of an upset there, but I like Philly at home at night. It's a tough spot to go in and win that game for the Cowboys. I know Amari Cooper coming to Dallas has got a lot of people excited, but you could argue that he downgraded a quarterback. Derek Carr is not good. I what has Dak Prescott done that has made that has everybody saying, "Oh, yeah, Amari Cooper." He, he's going to go off. He's definitely going to be worth the first-round pick that they traded. No, it's not going to happen. Go back to the Roy Williams trade that they made with the Detroit how many years ago. How'd that work out? Not, not good. Not well. Not good. Not well. And they arguably had better offensive minds in place than they do now. I agree with you. Jason Garrett's a problem. And look, I don't think the Redskins are going to lose to the Buccaneers. Let's, just, let's end that right there. But that puts the Redskins at 6-3. and three. So the, the Eagles really do need this game to stay pace with the Redskins. I don't think Washington is going to keep chugging along at the pace that they are now. So if you can stay within striking distance, and again, the Eagles and Washington and Philadelphia play twice this season. They still have to play two times. Yep. So the Eagles, in those two games, can flip the division back in their favor. Don't lose, don't lose that opportunity to Jason Garrett and Dak Prescott. My God, don't do that. Give me Philadelphia. Yeah, look, there's, there's no two ways. I, I think Philadelphia's the better team. I think the Eagles find a way to win the game. Uh, we'll get to the last game, and I actually want to end with a, a thought on just a general overall NFL thing that Mike McCarthy made me think about. But uh, the last game is a Monday night game that I would – listen, do you, need to, do you need to paint your house? Do you need to cut your, your grass with scissors? Uh, do you need to clean your garage with a toothbrush? Because all those things would be more fun than watching the Monday night game, which is Giants at Niners. The Niners are favored by two and a half. Might get the Nick Mullins experience again. Uh, I can't believe the Niners are my favorite by two and a half this game. Has anyone seen the Giants? <laughs> I, I mean, the Giants are like in witness protection. And some of that team's at only two and a half point dog here. I know the Niners stink, but at least they're still trying. Uh, I'm not even talking about this game. It's out of respect for the sport. But give me the Niners. Yeah, in uh, I believe it was like the early 2000s. I mean, it's recently come out now, but in I think it was Guantanamo Bay. The CIA had this list of songs that they would play at high volume over and over and over and over again to torture terrorists. This game belongs on that list. This game is something you would torture somebody with. The Giants are awful. The 49ers are terrible. You have to pick a winner. Of all the games to have ended in ties this year, this one deserves to end in a tie right after kickoff. They did that Nebraska guy who tripped over the kickoff on Saturday. Yes. That's this game 
That's this game in a nutshell. It's going to be so bad. And I'm actually now excited to watch it because it's going to be so bad. It's like one of those movies that is just so terrible that you just like it. I don't know. I'm, give me the 49ers because I think Kyle Shanahan is actually a good coach who can win in a bad game like this. But, oh, yeah. The tooth, clean, clean in the garage with a toothbrush. Give me that one. This all day. game's basically, you know, where, where did you where did you park the van with explosives? I'll never talk. <laughs> Turn on the Giants Niners game. <laughs> all right, it's in Patterson on Fifth Avenue. Yeah, <laughs> it's oh my god, this game. Okay, look. So I want to get to one final point before I do though. Uh, I want to quickly thank our sponsors, Fanatics. Okay. They always do a great job hooking fans up with everything the fans could ever want, from hats to shirts to shoes or to the socks to jerseys. Uh, the hats, uh, beanies, scarves, it's getting cold out, jackets. Look, Fanatics, if you need something, they got you covered. Go there. Go to fansided.fanatics.com. Put in the fans code of fansided. You get 20% off of shipping, uh, and that goes for all items. So uh, please check them out. They will hook you up. And, of course, uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you're new to Stacking the Box, please go and subscribe on iTunes. Leave a rating. Leave a comment. Always hit up Josh and I on Twitter. Email us, first.last at fansided.com. Read all of our stuff, uh, not just for Josh and I, but over at Fansided. I write Stack in the Box Calm. It goes up 6 a.m. every uh, every Monday. And, uh, you know, it's not a slideshow. I had somebody tweet me. <laughs> and the reason I say it, I had somebody tweet me last week. And they were like, I'd read all your stuff over Fansided if it's not a slideshow. Well, Stack in the Box is 2,000 words every week. It's not a slideshow. So you're welcome. Okay? Uh, I hear you. I'm looking out for you. Uh, but read all our stuff. Hill's got a great piece up on why the Saints are coming for the NFC. And we had a whole bunch of stuff. We had a crazy a rule that came up in the Chiefs-Browns yeah. game that we wrote about that, that people were reading about their, their commenting. Uh, and also, want to give a quick shout-out to, we have a new editor-in-chief here, yep. uh, Jason Cole, who you might be familiar with. He has done incredible work in the, covering the NFL for almost 30 years. Uh, he worked covering the Dolphins as a beat writer for well over a decade. Then he worked at Yahoo with Bleacher Report. He's a Hall of Fame voter. Uh, Jason's a great guy. He's a great editor. We love working with him. Worked with him today throughout the day in the office. and Just a blast. Uh, great guy to get to know. And we're, we're super pumped to work with him moving forward. Uh, so I just wanted to give a shout-out to Jason welcoming him here at Fanside. And, um, maybe one day he'll even grace our pres- his, his presence on the uh, podcast. And we, can, we can listen to him tell... Break down the Giants and the 49ers. We, <laughs> we, could, have, like, we could bring him in for some fantastic stories that he's accumulated yeah. over the last three decades. But... All that being said, I do want to get to one final thought here, and he'll obviously jump in if you have anything to add to it. I think the NFL is at a tipping point a little bit. Um, the NFL is changing. Okay? I started watching football in 1993, and obviously at the time I was a five-year-old kid, so I was getting a very elementary grasp of the game. But as time went on, I became fascinated with the sport, and so I started to watch it and really try to break things down, understand things, learn things, learn coverages, learn blitz packages, stuff like that. When I was a kid, not to sound like an old man on a lawn, but when I was a kid, you know, it was rare the teams went to three wide. It was impossibly rare the teams went four and five wide. It just didn't happen. Unless you were the Houston Oilers and you do the run and shoot, it just, you know, teams ran a fullback. Every team had a fullback. Every team had that tight end who could block. Every team had, like, Eric Green, a tight end, right? You know, know, the, the big, bulky guy. And now the game has changed dramatically to where your tight end better be able to catch the ball. And you very rarely see a fullback. And teams go three wide. I mean, three wide is base personnel. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you see a lot of four wide and some spread concepts. But the, the point I'm driving at is when you look at some teams around the league, the Saints, the Rams, the Chiefs, three of them, the, the Pats, another one. And I 
started this podcast saying I think there's four best teams in football. Those teams have adopted a lot of what colleges do, which is quick hitting passing game, spread you out, a lot of options, you know, make make the defense kind of declare and force them into a lot of situations where they have to cover athletes one-on-one in space. And for the longest time in the NFL, teams would not do that because they felt that it was a gimmicky kind of way to play. Well, guys like Andy Reid and Bill Belichick and Sean McVay and, and Sean Payton are smart enough to just say, look, it, it's a gold mine. Mm-hmm. If we have athletes on our team, and of course you got to have those guys, but if you have athletes on your team and you get these guys one-on-one in space, more often than not, you're going to get a good matchup and you're going to get yardage. It blows my mind. How many coaches, how many organizations will not do it? And I'm not saying all, every team in the league has, has the talent level that the Chiefs have or the Rams. Because they don't. Not every team's trotting out Tyreek Hill and, and Sammy Watkins and Travis Kelsey and all the rest. But for an example, okay, a team like the Lions before they traded away Tate. Yeah, Tate, Jones, Galladay, you got, you got on Johnson, like, Spread teams out and just attack them. You know, there's so many teams that you watch, and you just say, like, it's so easy to defend them. And I, I'm just blown away by it. It's almost this, this ignorance at this point. And there's so many coaches in the NFL who do get it, who do a really good job. But there's also so many guys who are just beholden to this idea that, well, we're not going to do it. We're going to run the ball on first down because first downs are running down. And we're, you know, it, no, no, you're, you're idiotic to, to run the ball on first down in the NFL today. It's insane. It's insane. Football is so much more of a situational game than it has ever been. And teams that don't adhere to that, that don't understand that, are totally lost. They have no shot to win in the NFL in 2018. And the Packers are one of the biggest reasons that I'm, I'm – saying all this, because watching that game was so incredibly frustrating. They were one of the biggest defenders going in the league. They have all these guys. Now, look, I get it. They don't have the talent on the outside that some of those other teams do, but they've got Adams. They've got Cobb. They've got Graham. They've got spread teams. You have Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care who's outside. You have Rodgers. They should be going four and five wide half the game. And if you want to run out of that four wide, fine. Fine, then run out of four wide. But it's like teams at the goal line now who still run out there with three tight ends. Like You're idiotic. Spread the field and then run into a light box. And it's just it's this caveman mentality that like half the teams in the NFL still have. And so many teams that could be really good are being held back by their coaching. And while as you know, someone who has a, a fandom of one of the teams, uh, sometimes it's advantageous for me. But I love football and I hate seeing bad football. And for my money, there's too much of it in the NFL right now. Yeah, and it all goes to attacking personnel. Like, every year around the draft, we hear the same. At Progressive, you can get 24-7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum. Wait, every time you wake up is the same day? That's terrible. Eh, don't worry, I call Progressive. Their 24-7 protection still works, even if my day does last forever. Yeah, but don't you want it to end? Are you kidding? I win the lottery whenever I want and never regret anything. It's the best. Yeah, that's a good point. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means anytime. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Discussion. It's who's the best prospect? Who is the guy who's going to help the team the most? 
And the guys that end up being the best draft picks are the most athletic. Go back and redraft the Alvin Kamara draft. He's going in the top 10. But he didn't go in the top 10 in the year he was coming out. And he went to the right system. It's the same thing about you know, Dak Prescott in the year he came out and went really, did really well with the Cowboys. And the stories came out, oh, Chip Kelly wanted to take him. Could you imagine what he would have done with Chip Kelly in, in San Francisco? Maybe he would have saved his job. No, he wouldn't have because he wasn't running that right system. And the Cowboys aren't either. So they got lucky with an athletic guy whom they seemed to have broken or had seemed to have regressed to the mean of where he was before. But you're right. These teams like New Orleans, these teams like Kansas City and New England who know how to draft athletic guys and put them in a system. It's the Patriot way. Why do you think everybody that plays for the Patriots then goes on to get a contract somewhere else and disappears into oblivion? It's because they're outside of the system. It, it, I'm with you. It, it perplexes me that you have teams like Green Bay and teams all over the place that just haven't adapted to this. Move with the game. It's like Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard was above and beyond the best player in basketball for how many years? And then the game changed. And now then he immediately became outdated because he refused to adapt. It was, it's an athletic league now. It's different. LeBron James adapted. All these guys are adapting. It's a different league. And it goes with the coaching. John Gruden came back and he said what? I'm taking the game back to 1998. I'm doing it my way. We're doing this. And that's not how it works. It's Sean McVay's world now. The game has moved on. And you're going to get guys like this all the time, both coaches and players, who just are – they're outdated. They're outmoded. They don't exist the same way that they did five years ago. So it's the same thing we are talking about with the passing. You take somebody like a Chris Sims maybe and put him in the NFL now, he could be a very, very good backup because it's a different league than it was in 2005. But that's just the way it is. You either adapt or you die. And unfortunately for teams like the Packers, we're starting to see – that the event horizon is here. Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback of his generation, but he can only take you so far if the rest of the system is against him. And that's a tragedy, but it is what it is. Yeah, I obviously I agree. I just, I'll leave it at this, but I am just so shocked at how ridiculous some of these teams are. They just absolutely refuse. They refuse to, to pay any attention to current trends. And you give a great example I'm not trying to. I'm not going to make this about piling on group, but my God, it, it's a perfect example. Like he comes in and just and I remember we talked about it when he said it. he said it to combine mm-hmm. about well, you know, I'll tell you right now, we're gonna we're gonna play like it's like it's uh, you know 1997 or 1998 whatever he said. And he's just like my God, like, if if he means that, they're they're done. Like this just is such a different league, you know. Look. Go look at the playoffs in the 90s, and I can find you a lot of times with Neil O'Donnell's in the AFC Championship game, <laughs> okay? And Steve Bono and Elvis Gerbach and, and all these hideous quarterbacks, Steve Walsh and, and all the Eric Kramer. These guys were in You don't even have to go back that far. Go back 10 years. Mark Sanchez was in back-to-back AFC Championship yeah, games. Rex yeah. Ryan was a genius. Rex Grossman. Oh, yeah. Right, like, like, it's just, that, that is done. You're not going deep. Barring the weird anomaly like a Jacksonville thing last mm-hmm. year, you're not going anywhere in today's NFL with teams like this. You're just not. You're not talent, You're not good enough for that position. You're not going anywhere. And these teams that have deficiencies at quarterback, like I'll give Matt Nagy credit. Look, I, I said I don't think Trubisky's any good. 
But Matt Nagy, at least runs an offensive. He's getting everything out of what he has. Look, they have some talent on the outside. They got two good running backs. And Nagy just tries to do the best he can to get the ball out of Trubisky's hands mm-hmm. and to somebody else's hands to make a play. And that's fine. That's what he should do with this team. But it is just mind-blowing. These teams, like the Packers, not to continue to rail on them, but with all the talent in the world, just too stupid to figure out. Hey, you know what we ought to do? Maybe we go spread. They just finished playing New England. New England can't stop a nosebleed, and they're just, they just get scored 17 points in the game. How do you score 17 points? New England is a very good team. New England is horrific defensively, and it just doesn't matter because Green Bay just can't take care of it. They can't, they can't take advantage of it. It's just unbelievable to watch. And look, it is what it is, but I'll leave it at that. Helen, any other thoughts? No, but... My God, I hope people are fired up for some change in football because, holy crap, when Aaron Rodgers is getting wasted, I believe that is enough is enough. But who are we, you know? Like, what do we know? I honestly think sometimes more than some of the people on the sideline. Yeah. I really, and I don't feel part of rolling their eyes listening to this, I really believe, that not just like myself, like there are some people in the, the world who cover football for a living who could get a headset on and legitimately, I'm not saying like call a game, but just be like, we should throw here. We should run here. We should blitz. Like, I really, like, just on that basic of a level, I'm not saying I could get the Packers playbook and like, call a better game than McCarthy. I couldn't. I wouldn't even know what the hell was going on. It's not. Okay. But like in terms of just being like, we are down 14 points. There's five minutes to go. I don't think we should run a draw play. Like, I, I just can't believe there aren't people out there who aren't just smart enough to look at that. Yeah, it's a terrible idea, man. I don't think we should do that. Well, it is like, you know, like the Bill Gateses of the world, these people who are really intelligent, who are really computer smart, who are really book smart, and then you put them in a situation on the street, not to like, like, like book smart, street smart, not like some like weird like Compton no, no, street no. situation, yeah, but yeah. you put them in a real life situation, like going to the bar and talking to people in a social situation, and they completely butcher it and say the wrong thing. Not because they're stupid people, but because they can't look at a simple situation in a simple way. And I think a lot of the times, guys like McCarthy, some of these head coaches, Adam Gaze of the world, Vance Josephs, the dirt cutters, they overthink things. And they're too set in these ways, like Rudin, of, and why it's so hard to adapt the college spread thing. In, they're so set in these ways of, this is the way it's done, this is the way it's always done, and by God damn it, I will not change. And guess what? Those guys get fired. And Bill Belichick keeps a job for two decades. That's really all there is to it. Well, we will leave you on that note. Totally agree, uh, obviously. Thanks so much for listening to Stack in the Box again. Week 9 of the NFL season is one game left, and then we move on to Week 10. It's incredible how quickly the NFL season moves. Hopefully your team's doing well, and if not, well, hopefully we're here to keep you company and get you through your misery. So, for Josh Hill, I am Matt Bergeron. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back again next week. You probably know Progressive Insurance for insuring your home and auto. You may know Flo and Dr. Rick. But what you may not know is that Progressive helps employees support over 3,800 charitable organizations annually because we're committed to helping our employees, and our employees are committed to helping others. Anyway, we just wanted to share. We were a little too proud of it to keep it to ourselves. And if you already knew all of this about us, you've either heard this radio spot before or just randomly know a lot about Progressive. Find out more about how we're dedicated to our customers and communities at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates based on data from May 2020 through April 2021. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.